He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Adelaide Heward-Mills. Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide Heward Mills. Shall we pray? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Mm, I want to see you. To see you highly Shining in the light of your glory Pour out your power and love As we sing holy, holy This morning, we don't want to see anybody. We want to see Jesus. Ask him to open the eyes of your heart for the last time. Oh, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Above everything, Lord. Oh, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing. that your prayer this morning you want to see him i want to see you you want to see him i want to see no flesh will glory in his presence you want to see him i want to see i want to see you i want to see you father thank you for the privilege of meeting in your name again we pray that we will see you high and lifted up. Open our hearts like you opened the heart of Lydia in Acts 16 so that she could receive your word. I pray that even the places that are difficult for us, the Holy Spirit will open our hearts and cause us to receive. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil of having the word of God unproductive in our lives. This morning and this afternoon, Lord, Speak to us in a very special way. And may this word abide with us forever. Thank you for your unction. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your enabling power. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Praise the Lord. Well, thankfully, we've come to the end of our conversion. <laughs> I bring you greetings from Bishop. He left Colombia yesterday to be in Panama to do their service today and then to leave after church. Amen. And he sends his love. He was asking me, so how have the meetings been going? I said, God has been gracious. And he said, God has been very, very gracious in Colombia as well. You know, so we thank God for that. 
I want to say thank you to all of you who have made this convention possible. And um, somebody told me, I'm so surprised that this convention has worked because it was coming after camp. I didn't know how it would be, but I have learned to just trust God and lead him to do his work. And so we want to appreciate Almighty God for his faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus, and for how far he has brought us these three days. Amen. I want to thank all the general overseers for leaving their big pulpits. Amen. To be here with us. All the pastors, the lady pastors, the shepherds, all those who have made this event possible, the foot soldiers, some of whom can't even be in the meeting because they are running around. And to our wonderful dancers, I just marvel at the suppleness of your joints and your ligaments. Especially the people on the first day, you know, jumping, ten. I say, hey, yeah, I'll be tired at the first jump. And sometimes, just looking at you, I felt tired for you. But God bless you. Remember that nothing you do for the Lord is in vain. You know, God likes to be sought. So when you drive 18 hours, when you spend money just to come to his meeting place, he will honor you more than what you have given. May the Lord remember you in Jesus' name. Last year when we were coming, a lady came with us, one of our lady pastors, Lady Pastor Matilda. And just before we came, she had been married for about eight years and she didn't have a child. Just before we came, she told me, she didn't even know, but when she went to the doctor, she found out she was pregnant. And we had planned to come anyway. I said to her, maybe you should stay. The doctor hadn't said that, but I thought, eight years of precious waiting, you know, so maybe we, you should just stay and not come. No, mommy, I think that I have to be there. God has a purpose. And this lady always helps me in my decorations of the hall, you know, for the various events. But it is not a publicly known thing, neither is it maybe a pulpit ministry or all that. But she was telling me that every time she did something, I would say to her, may the Lord remember you. And it's not because I have any great raps, but because it's in the book of Exodus that the Lord remembered his people and came through for them. So she believed that through that word, God had granted her seed. So we were, we were at her outdooring and it was a great event. But when she came to Atlanta, she was hosted by a lady. And that lady had also been married for many years and had not had a baby. So she told me after the meeting that, she told the lady that I've been in these same shoes but just serving the Lord, doing what, I mean, she wasn't seeing any doctor or anything anymore for some time. And she said to the lady, I believe that just being told that the Lord remember you, God remembered me in the time I didn't think. So the lady said, wow, so what should I do? So she said, when we go to the program, try and get close to mommy and say something. I didn't know all this was going on. So when the lady came, they said, oh, this is a lady hosting us, and she's so wonderful, you know, she was really par excellence. Yeah. So I said to the lady, may the Lord remember you, and God bless you, you know. But I didn't know. <laughs> is that her? Oh, okay. <laughs> God bless you. So I didn't know what was happening. But later, Matilda came to my office and said, Mommy, you won't believe it. The lady we stayed with is now pregnant after many years. And thank God she has a baby. May the Lord give you more than you can carry. And may he establish you. The point I'm making is that sometimes the conventional ways in which we think God will answer our prayers are not the ways that God uses. You see, sometimes you feel that maybe going for a lot of prayer meetings, and I'm not against that, maybe binding and loosening, all that have their place. But in the Bible, just hospitality, 
could bring angels to people's doorsteps. Hallelujah. The Shunammite woman. She didn't have a child. And just Elijah coming to stay there brought her a child. And then when the child ran into health problems, it was this same Elijah God used to restore her. Bible says some have entertained angels and unawares. So when you hear of such events, open your heart. Be a blessing. Be inconvenienced a little. Go through a little discomfort. You know, go the extra mile. Pick somebody. For the first time, stop thinking about yourself and think about somebody for a change and what God will give you. Your money cannot buy. Your resources cannot buy. You can never outgive God. That's the kind of God we serve. Hallelujah. I have seen God do that. It's not that you have to be seen. No. But your father who sees in secret rewards you openly. Seated. Pastor Joel, you are very welcome. Lady Pastor Juliet Forda just taught us a powerful phrase in Spanish. She said, muy poderoso. Very powerful. So your coming is muy poderoso. And then, Pastor Kojolinse added another one, amenoso. Amen. Amenoso. Welcome also. <laughs> so I'm just about to preach, but please welcome Reverend Joel to give us a few words. We amen. <laughs> Amen also. <laughs> Just add also to any word and it becomes Spanish. So if you want the Spanish version of your name, just add also. Aquile also. <laughs> God bless you. Please be seated. Amen. It's so powerful and beautiful to see what is happening here. So, so powerful. Muy poderoso. <laughs> it's great. And um, I bring you greetings from the Papa himself. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And I am sure that if he knew what was happening here, he has an idea, but I don't think he knows it's this good. <laughs> it's great. It's powerful. And God bless all of you who came. Um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful convention. I can already feel it. And um, I've spoken to one or two people. And the testimonies are muy, muy poderoso. <laughs> Amen. So I, I don't want to interrupt the flow. And I just want Lady Reverend to come back and preach. And after, I'll bring you a real greeting. Amen. God bless you. Come. <laughs> Amen. What was I saying? <laughs> so I want to thank you. Yes, and I said that when we have to do something in the, for the kingdom of God, let's do it with all our hearts. Because you don't know which one will prosper. Either this one or that one. You don't have to be an official pastor. You don't have to have a title before you can join yourself to what is happening in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So Sister Joy, right there, God bless you. And God remember you. Amen. This morning, I'm going to be very brief because it's the last day. And uh, if there's anybody I've not thanked, please forgive me and know that I'm genuinely grateful and humbled by your presence. Amen. I want to speak to you about, daughter, don't destroy God's creation. 
Hallelujah. I'm reading from the book, Daughter, You Can Make It. Okay. Second edition. <laughs> Amen. Don't destroy God's creation. Genesis chapter 3, verse 13. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Amen. Now God had taken time with his creation. When you look at Genesis chapter 1, he created the light, the firmament, the greater light, and the lesser light. He created the day, the night, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. Then he asked the earth to give birth after its kind, the Bible says, and then the beasts of the field and all the animals came into being. I mean, he took six days to create his world. And then he also created Adam to till the garden and to be in the garden of Eden. He created Eve to be a helpmeet. But in a short space of time, almighty God's creation was destroyed. And that meant that his work was in reverse gear. Because when man fell, the whole creation fell. When you read 2 Corinthians 5, it says that the whole creation groans, waiting for our redemption. Amen. So it's not just even human beings who groan, but the whole creation in this temple also, we groan because of the destruction of God's creation. Adam was God's creation. His purpose was God's creation. Eve was God's creation. Her purpose and her mandate did not come from their own minds. It came from God. And yet, by having that conversation with Satan and eating of that fruit, she managed to reverse what God had done. I believe that when God came and said, what is this that thou hast done? He could see cancer. He could see terminal diseases. He could see the sickness and diseases of this world. He could see broken relationships. He could see betrayal. He could see offense. He could see the wars that have been fought over time and continue to be fought. The wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, human lives that have been lost. God could see all that. The chaos that had come into man's life. God could see that. And he said to Eve, what is this that thou hast done? You have not just given a fruit. You have destroyed my creation. You have tampered with my purpose. You have tampered with my call. You have tampered with what I, I projected for the future. You have touched something that is going to take so much. It's going to take the blood of my son to reverse what you have touched. Ladies, we have to know how powerful our hands are and how our actions, if our actions can destroy the works of Almighty God and put his creation in reverse and bring us to the place where we are at, then what manner of women ought we to be? We need to walk with a certain circumspection and a certain wisdom and a certain... We don't have to be clueless. We have to be alert. Is that what the Bible says? Watch and pray, be on your guard, be sober. All these things are not rhymes or poetry, but they are things that God knows we need in order to, fun in order to function properly. Amen. Turn to the nearest sister and say, what is this that thou hast done? What is this that thou art doing? What is this that thou will do?
Amen. And I have seen that even in churches and in the body of Christ, we are usually the first to be there when the ministry starts. We are the faithful ones. And I say it in honor of all women that most of the time, we are the ones with a humble spirit. We, we, we are teachable. You see, we have a sheep-like personality already. Men find it more difficult to, you know, bow to someone. Why am I being told what to do? They have to be in control. But we don't always have to be in control. So when a church starts, we rally around. Usually when we are told that there are not even many people, we'll be in it. But some pastor will come and say that when you become 50, now join. You see, but we don't have that. So we are there and everything we are asked to do, we will do every menial task. We will serve in the house of God with joy and we, we, we will be there. We will be the foundation. Then the church will take off. But the same people, we can put the same church that we have helped to build into reverse gear. <laughs> Amen. And we do not foresee or we do not perceive that the church is the body of Christ. It's not a social organization. It's not a gym. It's not a keep fit club. It's not an alumni society. It is the body of Christ. But because we don't have spiritual eyes, we see things from a very carnal point of view. We see just the fruit tree, but we don't know that we are tampering with something that is bigger than us. Something that is destiny. Something that is purpose. Something that is future. We don't see that. And that is why sometimes we can quarrel so much, bring so much acrimony and division because we don't perceive that it is the body of Christ. And Paul said that for this reason, some of you are sick and some fall asleep or die because you don't discern the body. It means that the body cannot be seen easily. You can easily mistake it for something else from its activities and the way it goes about. You can mistake it for something else. But you need the spirit of discernment. Like Paul said, you don't discern to see that it is the body of Christ. This person is part of the body. Whether the person is a toe, an eye, is immaterial. We need all the members of the body to function properly. And when you don't see people as, as part of the body, you deal with them anyhow. Or move here. Or go here. But they are the temple of the living God. And God brought them to the church for a purpose. And it is not because of you they should be driven out. And not fulfill God's purpose on their lives. No. You would be tampering with God's creation. Daughter, do not destroy God's creation. Let's go to Philippians 4 and see what some sisters there did. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, reading from verse 2. I urge you, oh dear, and I urge Sintk, my husband will say Sintike, <laughs> to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true comrade, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the course of the gospel together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. Hallelujah. Now the apostle Paul said in the same book of Philippians that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But when it comes to Euodia and Syntyche, he said, I urge you, help me to let these women live in harmony. <laughs> these women are not carnal women. And that's the mistake we sometimes make. We feel that it's people who are just carnal and they bring disharmony. But it is the spiritual ones who are the political ones. Hallelujah! It is people who have a certain place often that manifests in a certain way. 
Now I want you to know that these two women had two great things going for them. Paul said that they have shared with me in the struggle for the gospel. So they are not bad people. They are active people standing with him, fighting. In the cause, if it takes struggling, they will stand there and struggle with you. But when it comes to Sintike, Euodia cannot stand him. And when it comes to Euodia, Sintike cannot stand him. But when it comes to Paul, they can work together. The sin of destroying God's creation. And then he gives another credential they had. He said that whose names are written in the book of life. Ladies, it shows that our things, eh, they, dis- they, they transcend God's salvation. They transcend how active we are in ministry. They transcend sometimes even our love for the ministry. It is an inward animal that can manifest. It says, I urge you, bring harmony. Tell, I beseech you. And I want to give brothers a tip from there. When you want us to live in harmony, don't force us, don't command us, urge us, and beseech us. It will work. Right? You say, What you are doing? This is it. Move here. Do, often it won't work. We'll comply, but it doesn't mean it has changed. But if you urge us, uh, you see what you are doing. If you look at it, you know. Don't come and say that. Sintike hasn't done anything. It's you, you would, that you've lost the battle. It's finished. It's finished. We will never listen to you. We'll be sitting there, but our hearts are closed. <laughs> but if you urge us, you beseech us. This Paul who said that you are afraid. When I come there, you will see him. When he came to you, India and Sintike, urging. You've got to urge us to make it work. Amen. Urge them. I urge you. I beseech you. You would here in Sintike to live in harmony. He says, Help me to bring these two women together. He's not just talking about just peace between the two women. But I believe that the same people who had stood to fight the struggles could derail the whole church in Philippi. Because they refuse to live in harmony. You will never see another woman serve another woman often. It's only a male pastor that she will serve with all her. Pastor, what will you drink? Pastor, are you thirsty? But another woman, that's not okay. I mean, she wants a drink. She knows where the fountain is. She should check it out. And sometimes women say, oh, We are not being given enough time in the ministry. We are not being given. It's because we are not honoring our own. Another woman cannot serve another woman with all her heart. It is a rare thing. It is a rare thing. It does not happen. It does not happen. So look, we may do great things, but the Yodia and Sintike spirit, when it comes, is not an easy thing. You will often forget another woman and forget her needs and forget what you have to do for her. I mean, nah, she should be there. Especially if she's your peer. Because Paul said that two of them, it means their, their level in me is the same. They stood with me to struggle for the gospel. But then to live in harmony. No. I beseech you, urge you, Odia and Sintike. Look, I have seen churches that have split into two like this. Sometimes the husband has taken half and the wife has taken half. It's not a story. It's a reality. I, I even have a friend who was in that church. And it starts with this syntyche. You see, it's not big things. The Bible says it's little foxes that destroy the vines. So they look little. They look insignificant. They are not Paul. They are not the 12 apostles. But they don't need to be. Eve was not Adam. We don't need to be in that position. We are just merely powerful. That's all. Sintikios. Exactly. You will never see another woman uphold another woman. Often, when she's preaching that, I believe in your ministry. God's God, what can I do? 
to encourage your ministry, to push you. To, it doesn't even occur to her. The answer, you, you struggle more when you are a woman in ministry. You struggle more to find people to stand with you. You struggle more to... So when God, God taught me that, when God brings people, you must recognize them and use them. And as for me, I use people even without posts. I love them because they flow and they are very effective. Do you understand? In our office, we are in charge of hospitality. So every time, like this ISI, there was a big crowd, a program. So we have to get people to serve, people to run the snack bar, people to do food vending, people to do this. I always use very young people, willing vessels. I'm like God, willing and obedient, eager, with a lot of young blood. Because sometimes when I ask the older ones, hey, if I, how dare you even suggest to me that I should come and serve? So the young people, I call them before the week starts rolling. I have a meeting with them. I say, now, in our office, we are servants. So if you're a queen, you can't work here. <laughs> but we, we wipe floors, we clean dishes, and we do all these things. So if you are not cut out in that mode, don't even come here because we won't. Then I give them a chance. Those of you who want to go, that's the door. Those of you who want to stay, you stay. You know? And then I go through training with them. When you are serving, don't come and scratch your head so that food will come into the food. I don't want that. When you are standing by the food, don't pick your nose. I can't stand it. How many older people will listen to say, hey, why is she telling us uh, what to do? That she's supposed that. And then I say, when you are coming also, smell fresh. Don't come in a way that when you say this way, the door, then we are having problems. But it's young people sometimes that are bendable that you can pour into. And then when I finish, I also put them in uniforms. And then I give them name tags. And then when the visitors come, I say, what visiting uh, hotel company is this? And I tell them, There's, it's not any hotel company. It's our own young people around the house who are working. And I think that on more than one occasion, some of them don't believe us. So when I'm turning around to go to the kitchen, then they ask the young people, where are you coming from? And they say, oh, from here. Oh, do you really work? I say, yes, we work here. What do you do? I'm in the university. What do you do? I'm studying this. What? Because they look like servants in their aprons and they are very international. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that usually when we come to the rank of Yuodia and Sintike, we don't bend anymore. And we don't care the consequences of our actions. I have seen a church where the, a lady in the church could hold people and by the time she releases you, all your buttons on your shirt have come off. So I don't like your... Be but those are the ones who manifest openly. But the quiet ones are more dangerous and more subtle than the ones who manifest. Sometimes you have to do an AOFM. And when she comes to my house, and then she looks at my things. I don't appreciate it. This Sintike, you oh dear. And you, 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 you waddle in it so much that the kingdom of God cannot come. The sin of destroying God's creation. Sometimes it's a comment you will make. Hey, but this daughter too. Why? Every day registration. Every day. I wonder what they use the money for. Whatever. Then some small sheep who is struggling says, Okay, then I'm not going. And then when you hear that she has backslid, you say, the girl has backslidden. It was you. You stole her salvation. You stole her destiny. You stole your, her purpose. You destroyed God's creation. You put her in reverse gear completely just by your comment. You were there in Sintiki to live in harmony. And when the church starts to shake like that and to rumble like that, people don't even know what to do. Just because of the quarrel between Yuodia and Sintike. And often it is not an open quarrel. It is fought in the background under the grass. Hey! As soon as you mention Sintike's name, Yuodia. I tell you, if I was to personally take up battles, I don't think the church would be where it is. If you think that you will not be rubbed the wrong way, you are making a mistake. 
you will be rubbed many times the wrong way. But what really matters is, will you put the kingdom of God above your own little kingdom? Will you put the purpose of God above your own purpose? We are able to destroy so much by what we say. People come to the house of God. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are oppressed. Then every day you are pointing to her, the brokenhearted that she doesn't have a child, you know? A sister told me that she was in the UK on a Mother's Day. They said all mothers are wearing pink. So she wore pink. She was a lady pastor. But she had been struggling for years. She didn't have a child. And when she got to the door, she met some people. They said, hey, but why are you wearing pink? Are you also a mother? She said, Sister Mom, it was, it was like a saw. And these same people, they go in and they say, Reverend Joe, what do you want? Reverend Joe, how is it? But you have told me at the door that, am I also a mother? And she said she got involved in the work, you know. She said, oh, let me just throw myself into the work so that I don't get frustrated and all that. Then people called her and said that, you don't have a child. Is that why you have become overzealous? Yeah. I said, did they say to your face, sister, mom, it's my face. It's on the DVD. She recorded it as a testimony. And then with time, God blessed her with a child. But such a powerful person working in the house of God, you know, so diligent, fruitful. You are making such statements so that her hands will grow weak. And she'll begin to say, that place is a place of pain. I don't want to go there anymore. That place is a place where I'm reminded of my grief. I don't want to go there anymore. That place, not only even to go and sit to be blessed, but also to be a blessed, you, you retreat. And then God's creation, God's purpose that he puts in her before she was a clot of blood in her mother's womb, you, you have been able to destroy it. The sin of destroying God's creation. I urge you to, I beseech you, urge you, Odia and Sintiki, to live in harmony. For they have stood with me to struggle for the cause of the gospel. Their names are written in the book of life, but they live in disharmony. It's not enough to just be spiritual, if whatever you call spirituality. And it's not enough to just be active in the house of God and cut everybody down on your way to wherever you think you are going. God will not honor that. And I think that all these things were written in the Bible so that we can mirror ourselves in it. Small petty I say, why do you give me a t-shirt that is smart? I won't come to this church and go, I'm going, hey. Little petty offenses. And we are very petty. Why don't you decide to suffer for the kingdom of God's sake? Why don't you decide to be a little, you know, disadvantaged for, the king, for a higher purpose for a greater purpose but you want to prosecute everybody and prosecute every case and spread the root of bitterness did you see she did this she said that she said, before we know there are democrats and republicans in the church and independent candidates and politicking and all sorts of things are going on daughter don't destroy God's creation. One of the things we are also able to destroy our homes. Proverbs 14 verse 1. Shall we go there? What does King James say? Oh, you don't have a mic, so you can't help me. Okay, please. Amen. Amen. A wise woman builds with her hands and the foolish plucks it down. Another version which I love says, homes are made by the wisdom of women and destroyed by their foolishness. What makes us so destructive is the fact that we think that we have a justified cause and we think that the person is really wrong and has offended us. But that is not a good reason to go off on a tangent. 
Women destroy other people's marriages. They destroy other people's homes. They destroy other people's relationships. Somebody is saying, well, they have announced in the Kodesh that Bishop Saki has a beloved. But unless I see a ring on his finger, I will never give up trying. And, and you are not even supposed to know that. But somebody just says, that, oh, that's why this one said she will not give up trying. Do you understand? So in your bid for your, I don't know whether, emotional uh, satisfaction, emotional drive, whatever, you know that the person is in a relationship. Lady Pastor is not marriage. So it means that anything can happen. And even some of you beyond the rings, he doesn't like his wife. They have a lot of problems. He confides in me all the time. So uh, Jesus is the answer. <laughs> Hallelujah. One lady in the choir this year, a lady came from behind the church in the Kodesh and came and saw a lady pastor in front doing worship. Lady pastor, I don't come to your church. But that girl doing worship is sleeping with my husband. That girl. The one in this color, she. And the lady pastor says, Oh, madam, just take your time after church. So then church is over and the wife comes. Then we call the squirrister, or the lady pastor calls the squirrister. May ask the wife to sit here and then calls the squirrister here. This lady sitting here, she says that you are sleeping with her husband. Lady pastor, it's true. But let me tell you something. The man was going out with me before he married her. And my vow is that she will never be happy in her marriage. I will continue to be at the, in the church of God, in the Kodesh. And when we say we are standing on holy ground, people don't know what they are standing on. The sin of destroying God's creation. Marriage is God's institution. And yet you, you, you flout everything, you break every barrier with impunity. So as they were talking to her and all that, then she said, even I'll call the man just now. Then she called the fool, the husband. Oh, come and hear what your wife is saying. Come now, then he too fool. He came. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, a theater. <laughs> you don't know what's going on in the kingdom of God. He came. And what? So the lady pastor said, you said you were going out with him, whatever. Now he's married. Don't do that, you know. So, well, I'll, I'll think about it. And you have just come from the stage. For you are great. She said, you can't even stand. You do miracles. So great. There is no. How can we win the world to Jesus? How can we tell them that we are the light? How can we say we are the salt of the earth? We have driven so many people away from God. We have destroyed people's destinies. People who must be saved are not saved because of the way we are. Yeah. You are seeking revenge. So and it has become like a negotiation. I told the lady pastor, you know, this case, I won't even touch it. I, I can't. I mean, something is happening to me. And then every, every time she'll call her. So have you left it now? <laughs> and if I say, yes, I'm trying. I can't stand it. The church has become too condoning or I don't know. As Bishop was telling me, we must begin to sack people from the church. That's what, in fact, one day he told mommy, when we get to the church, show me that serial killer in terms of adultery. Show me. I was sack her today. That day the girl didn't come. I was so thankful. <laughs> Show me. Is she the one? I said, she has not been coming for some time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because of the way we dress, people are falling into sin. People don't see the difference between you and the world. You have nothing to offer. Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its salt, of what benefit? Men will trample down over it. And that's what is happening. Marriages of God. The Bible says what God has put together, 
not what John and Mary have put together, but what God has put together. Let no man, including a woman, put asunder. And you are busy building a wall to put asunder. And when we call you, you have the impunity to say that Lady Pastor what, and Lady Pastor this, and Lady Pastor that. Is it a wonder that the power of God is not seen in our churches? Homes are made by the wisdom of women and destroyed by their foolishness. Sometimes a home goes through certain things. But I believe that women are blessed with the ability to endure, ability to overcome, ability to hold on, and then God will come through for you. But before God comes through, sometimes we give up too quickly. And when the home is destroyed, it's not just you and your husband. It's the children. It's other Christians. It's other people who would have looked up and said, there's hope. We can make it. All that is scattered. And then the children have become some way. My children were telling me, our friends, you know, in our schools, they are all, their parents have broken up. And once my daughter said to me that this girl, her parents have broken up. She's, she's lucky or something. And we said, why? She said, because both parents are always trying to please her. So everything she says, they buy for her. <laughs> Homes are made by women and destroyed by their foolishness. Sometimes you have a good cause. You are fighting in the marriage. We say, in quietness and in confidence shall your strength be. So just be quiet. Place your confidence in God. It's not easy, but keep walking. God will come through for you. Then you say, oh no. Such nonsense. I'm going. There's no word that restrains you. As I often say, there's no nevertheless in our lives as Christians. See, Peter said, we've told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless at your word. What we have experienced, what I know, it hasn't worked, but nevertheless, but most of us don't have any referee in our lives. When he even blows the whistle, we say extra time. Let's fight extra time. <laughs> and we don't use any spiritual weapons to fight our battles. And then we, the same people, when our homes have been destroyed, we sit in the ashes and we cry. And we say, Lady Pastor, how did I get here? Lady Pastor, where did I go wrong? It's not that the men are angels and you are demons. But it is that you give peace a chance. The great apostle Smith Wigglesworth, he had his thing. He really used to misbehave. When his wife was going to church, he would lock her out. And it was winter. When she comes, she will knock on the door. He will not open. She should lie on the uh, corridor. So in the cold, she will just be in the cold. Then he will wait till late morning. He come and open the door. And if you want to come in. He was a Christian who was backsliding or had backslidden. Then she would come in and be smiling and singing a song and say, Smith, what would you have for breakfast? He'll be very angry. He's like, he doesn't want to talk. Say, oh, tell me, I'll make it for you. Then she'll make nice hot breakfast and give him. Do you think he deserved it? He didn't deserve it. But the Bible says that you put coals of fire on people's heads when you just walk in love. And because she continued to do that, that famous man had a chance to repent, change, come to know the Lord, and raise 21 people from the dead. Homes are made by the wisdom of women. Amen. And I believe that when we get to heaven, oh, we will get rewards for things that people don't know they are rewards for. You see, maybe everybody will be celebrating. Oh, Smith Wigglesworth, very powerful. Then Jesus will come and say, shall I invite Polly Wigglesworth upstage? You are the one upon which everything has stood. And because of you, the dead were raised. My word was manifested. And this man became a great apostle of faith. Because of you, homes are made by the wisdom of women. We have the, potential, the ability to destroy potential. Like Moses' mother, Moses was potential. He hadn't yet come out to be what he should be. He was a baby in a basket. And she could easily have said, oh, I don't want to risk my life. I don't want another baby for Herod to be on my case. He's been wrong, born at the wrong time. But no, she made a wicker basket. She put him on a river out of desperation. 
She stationed her daughter there to watch over because the Bible says she perceived that he was a goodly child. It takes a perception which is not seen by the common eye. Because when you see Moses, you say, what, what can a baby come and do? What can a baby come? Why should I preserve him and, and risk my life? I mean, it's better to have my Aaron and my Miriam with me than to be struggling for this baby and then our whole family would be wiped out. But she perceived something beyond a mere child. She perceived potential. And because of Jochebed's obedience, a leader, a rescuer, a judge was born for the nation of Israel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do not let us destroy God's creation. Out of our emotions, our feelings, our drive to be at peace. Jesus, uh, Bishop said there's no peace. That's why when you die, before they say rest in peace. And now in Southern Africa, you stand in peace. Because so many people are dying, they can't bury them horizontally, so they bury them vertically. So you stand in peace, you don't rest in peace. <laughs> the sin of destroying homes lies in our power and lies with us. The sin of destroying potential lies with us. And we must take it seriously. Hallelujah. The sin of destroying churches and ministries. I realize that Satan always gives us good excuses. It's not that you... you I, I, I want to explain that. It's not that you don't have a good cause. Do you understand? When I look at my own life, when I went to the church, when Bishop left and said he believes that God is calling him to be an evangelist, he's not going to be in the church anymore. The first day I went to the church, I was confused. I don't know. It's not that I'm not with him on Sundays so when we are all working and all that, but... He just not being there. When I got, I got lost. As the weeks went by, I was just lost. I was in the church. I was functioning, but inside me, I was not whole. I said, what is, what is missing? What's going on? And then other people who didn't know how I felt, they felt that I, I'm cool, I'm okay, you see, would say to me, so when is Bishop next coming? When is Bishop next preaching? When is, what, because it went off a while before he announced it officially. So I felt so lost. I said, I'm in the church and then my husband has gone far away. He says that God has called him to be an evangelist. And first of all, you marry a doctor. And after that, he says God has called him to be a pastor. So you adjust and become a pastor's wife. And then after you have adjusted and you feel very comfortable, you have to adjust again to become an evangelist's wife. And an evangelist is very different from a pastor. You see a pastor more. You live with a pastor more. The pastor does not travel as much as an evangelist. And you also cannot afford to travel with the pastor everywhere he's going. So, if I am to go by my discomfort, my tears, the, the, lonely, the loneliness I go through, the experiences, the struggles within and struggles without, I would say, you know, no more healing Jesus. Just come and stay here and let's be happy. And it's not even that the man will listen to you. But how many of you know that when we are not listened to, we have a way of having our way? Or making you pay for what you, <laughs> what you have decided to do. But, and I don't have much opportunity to be a part of the crusade. Because the children, somebody has to be home. You see, and I also have work at the Kodesh. But then sometimes when the Healing Jesus DVDs are playing, and I see the Bismarcks. I see the Abigails walking like this. I see the hunchback that the back has this. And I see the people crying to come and receive Jesus. I said, my God, what a lethal thing it would have been to tamper with this thing that you wanted to do. I don't think that I'm a superwoman. And I don't think that I am supernatural. But I think that, like I say, God gives you grace one day at a time. You don't have to live too much into the future. Jesus said, ask for your daily bread. Once you survive the day, you will be okay. Do you understand? And then now, my prayer topic also changed. 
I have to pray for safety on the road. As I hear of various accidents, I have to think about it. You know, and even this ISI, one bus had an accident going to Ivory Coast. When they finished the meeting, one pastor died. Do you see? But having to travel every month or every other month and so many trucks moving and if your husband is going in Accra from here to here, you don't think much about praying for Jenny Mercies. But when you become an evangelist's wife, your prayer topic will also change. So the things that you are even used to in terms of prayer have also changed. But if you see the larger picture, more than yourself, your tears, your heartache, your loneliness, if you like your sacrifice, there's a greater kingdom than your kingdom. There's a greater kingdom than your emotions. There's a greater kingdom than the way you feel. And God has a way of giving it back to you in ways that you cannot perceive. People say to me always at the Kodesh, Ah, this army, you don't look pressurized at all. Why do you look so cool? I said, do I look cool? It's not, I don't know what you want me to do. So you should look. I said, like what? Like this. I don't know. I don't know what they are talking about. Said, what should I do? This? You should look. I said, even when I tell them, it's not easy. You know? They say that the way you say, it's not easy. So what should I say? I tell them, it's not easy. But they say that well, the way you say it's not easy, it's like it's easy. I don't understand it. But I say, maybe it's the grace of God. Because God will never call you without giving you the requisite grace. Paul said, I labored more effectively because of the grace of God. There's a price to pay, ladies. There's something higher than our emotions. There's something higher than our comfort. There's something higher than the way we feel. And when Jesus said that, there's nothing that you've given. Anyone who has left husband, wife, children, lands, and all that, will, will receive a hundredfold in this world with persecution and also eternal life in the world to come. You can never outgive God. What the Bible says about the virtuous woman, her husband rises up and he calls her blessed. Say, so let the works of her hands praise her. Some of us, the works of our hands pull down. But when your works, the works of your hands build, God will command even your works to shout. May we be more circumspect. May we discern more. May we be more perceiving so that we will not destroy the kingdom of God. But because of us, the kingdom of God will march forward. Your tears may be what will water that new ministry. Your tears may be what will water that soul. Your tears may be what will water the future and destiny of great preachers like Bishop Daghi, Ward Mills, Yonggi Cho, Smith Wigglesworth. It is the unseen things that God uses to perform what he wants to do. And remember, the faithful is he who called you. He also will do it. Amen. 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 Stand to your feet, please. We want to pray. We want to pray. We are deceived by Satan. And that's what makes us lose perception and depth. And we can't see. And that's what makes us manifest the way we do. But we want to say, Lord, give us a higher vision. Give us insight. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel. The spirit of might. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. And the spirit of the Lord himself. When these things rest on us, we will not judge by the hearing of our ears, nor the seeing of our eyes, but we will judge by a higher and greater dimension of spirituality. Speak to God and say, may I never be used to destroy your creation. May I never be used to destroy anything that you want to do. May I never be used in a way that is counterproductive to what you want to do. But because of me, may the ministry of Lighthouse Chapel go forward. Because of me, may many souls be brought to righteousness. Because of me, may many lives be touched. Pray and ask God for that. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Kebara moshande ne mama ma, kende ne shundo ne mama mama kolde bashande ne mama, inde ne mama labo kara mashunde ne mama ma, kende ne shodo mama ma, kande ne mama labo de mashande ne mama, kende ne mama. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy high and true with I'll be You don't know Jesus as your Savior. Your very life is God's creation. And God is reaching out to you this afternoon. You want to say, Lady Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. But I want to be sure. You are here like that. I want you to lift up your hand. Jesus is reaching out to you. Jesus is asking you to come. You are here like that this afternoon. I want you to lift up your hands. And I want to pray for you and pray with you. You want to say, Lady Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I want you to be born again. You are here like that. Lift up your hands and I want to pray with you. If you've lifted your hands, of him you want to say I am weak but you are strong take my hands and lead me to your purpose help me beyond myself that I may not destroy your creation it's time to let go of offenses that rip churches into two it's time to let go of your ego that you are always nursing it's time to let go of your stance that you are right so that the kingdom of God can march forward. It's time to let go of that rift with that sister and that brother. It's time to let go of the slander so that the creation of God, the ministries, the call, the purpose can march forward. You're here like that. You want to lift up your hand. I'll pray with you wherever you are standing for the Lord to touch you, for you to be cleansed and made whole. For the Lord to help you so that you will make that stride. With thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. Jesus sees your hands. And Jesus is reaching out to you where you are. Every offense, every unforgiveness, every bitterness. Yes, you have a cause. Let it go so that the kingdom of God can march forward. Every struggle. Every drive for comfort laid at the altar. Jesus is able. Holy Spirit, touch everyone whose hand is lifted up. Minister to their hearts. Turn their lives around. Give them the grace and the strength to let go. Give them the grace and the strength to yield. Give them the grace and the strength to trust you, Lord. And may they never be ashamed. Because they have trusted you. May this church and this ministry march forward. May every little fox, oh God, be taken out of our way. Oh, the little foxes, the ones we know about and the ones we don't know about. We ask for a cleansing of our church and our churches, oh God. 
and the ministry that you have given to each one of us. Thank you for the cleansing power of the blood. Thank you for wholeness. And thank you for a new face of ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.